Welcome to Lucy Lumen's podcast adventure. Welcome back. So today I interviewed someone that you are all probably familiar with as he is a very active member of the film community, none other than Matthew Murray. Uh, He hosts the very popular Matt Loves Cameras podcast. He writes articles for um, F-Stoppers and Digital Photography School. He runs competitions and produces awesome zines. And on top of all that, he is also a family man, a father of two, a husband, he works full-time, so he's very busy. And I just thought he would be the perfect person to chat about the real struggle and juggle of being a creative person, putting out content, finding time for yourself and your own photography, all whilst having a family and everything that comes with that. So if you're a parent, you will love this one. If you aren't, there are still many valuable tips and musings on being a creative person and finding time for that. So let's get into the chat with Matt. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have a good friend and fellow podcaster with me, Mr. Matt Murray of none other than Matt Loves Cameras. How are you today, Matt? Good morning, Lucy Lumen. I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm pretty good. I've got the house to myself, actually. Wow. Um, Yes, Lux has taken uh, Luca out for a walk. So yeah, Yeah. it's nice, nice and quiet. And yeah, Saturday morning. Yeah. 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 What about you? How are you? I'm very well. I got up this morning and, and made some uh, breakfast for the family and um, I didn't take the dog for a walk so I'll have to do that later. But um, yeah, I'm feeling very refreshed and uh, yeah, looking forward to getting a few things done this weekend and, and later in the week we'll be going up for a couple of nights away to the beach. Uh, so it's, you know, uh, autumn weather. It's nice and sunny. It's probably the water temperature is a little bit chilly, isn't it? But um, it is. Yeah. I think it'll be a, a good week coming up. Mm, very exciting. Yeah. It sounds like you deserve a holiday. You've been very busy. So yeah. Um, so I'm going to get straight into it, uh, on the topic of family. You are a family man. Um, Matt, you've got two kids and your lovely wife, Sarah, and you are also a creative. You have the podcast, of course, and you also write articles for different online, um, publications about photography um, and you make zines, you just do so much. You've got your, your hands full um, photographically and creatively. Um, I was wondering what you would say is the biggest challenge for you balancing your like creative life and your family life. It's definitely time management. And as you know, from my um, late arrival at this podcast this morning, time management is not necessarily <laughs> a strength I possess. Um, but yeah, I think you've got to really try and and, and manage your time. And I, as I said, I'm, I, I actually don't think I'm very good at it, but it's a bit like spinning plates, you know, like you've got all these plates in your life and you, you've got to, you know, the people that you've seen those old shows where there's these, these plates on big sticks and someone spins the plate yep. and they spin that one. And there was yep. one about to fall and they run down there and they spin that one. And I, <laughs> I feel like that's what my creative, you know, when I'm going about my everyday life, you know, I've got a full-time job, I've got a family, got a dog and, you know, trying to keep articles written for, for company, uh, for, for websites that I work for, trying to do podcasts. I think I feel like it's spinning plates, you know, and, and sometimes the plate is very, very close to crashing and sometimes the plate crashes, but you, you know, you've got to keep, you know, um, trying to do a little bit here and there and, and keep everything going, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can um, see your spinning plate analogy, like playing out in my head and, my, and, you know, thinking about my life and 
Uh, mm. Yeah, I definitely um, feel the same. And we often talk during the day, like we'll voice message each other and, yeah. you know, we talk about creative stuff, but sometimes we just talk about like the overwhelming amount of things that we're trying to do or yeah. things pop up like with your kids or, you know, with the house or just with work. And it's just so hard to get, um, yeah, like a podcast edited or, you know, mm. or you come up with a new idea like you with your um, recent venture into video with like yeah. TikTok and YouTube and stuff. And it's so hard to get something like going, you know, like get it mm. off the ground oh, when, you, when you have that great absolutely. idea. Yeah. And I think, I think you've also got to work out amongst all that, all these things that you're doing, which ones provide value, which ones provide value for your audience and which ones provide value for you, which ones make you feel good and make you feel better. And I, I haven't actually, for example, posting on Instagram, I, I have a digital account, um, which you've heard, you've heard this before, but uh, for your listeners, I've got a digital account, which is called Matt Loves, which is actually where Matt Loves Cameras came from. I had no idea what to call my film photography podcast. And I already had a digital account called Matt Loves, uh, M-A-T-T-L-O-V-E-S. And that was where all my Fujifilm X-Series digital stuff went. Uh, and then oh, I couldn't think of a name for the podcast. I just called it Matt Loves Cameras. Uh, so with my digital Matt Loves account, um, I got up to 18,000 followers at one stage. I was posting all the time. Uh, it felt like a treadmill. Uh, we recently spoke about this on my podcast where you mm. post a photo, you know, if one photo will get a thousand likes and you'll get, you know, I might get a repost from the Queensland tourism account. It was all about, it was, it was about photography, my, my account, Matt Loves, but it was very much about travel photography and being trying to be, you know, travel, not an influencer, but, you know, being a travel you know, person in that niche who does travel photography. And so it, it's like a treadmill. You post a photo, it might get a thousand likes. You might get reposted by Queensland Instagram account, which has got hundreds of thousands of followers. And then your next photo gets a hundred likes and, and no comments. And you're like, what's going on here? What? That's a better photo than the last one. Why aren't people liking this? And I think after a while, I just discovered, well, this doesn't, is too much of a treadmill. It's too much like work. It doesn't give me any value anymore, you know? So yeah. I think you discover, I do post still to my Matt Loves Cameras account. Uh, not very often, as you'll know, probably only once a month, twice a month. I'm trying to get better. But I think you've got to work out in life, you know, what gives value to me and, and what gives value to me is writing the odd article, creating podcasts and, and mostly taking the photos. All that other stuff like posting to Instagram is great. I, I just... I kind of find I don't have time for that sometimes. Definitely. Yeah. I think you've um, uh, hit the nail on the head there with finding finding what's valuable to, to your listeners or your viewers or whatever, but also to you and what brings you um, like happiness because that will come through in the content. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling really like under the pump and really stressed, I feel like that comes through. I know we've definitely yeah. done a few videos when there's been a lot of other things going on and I've been like on the verge of a breakdown and then yeah, doing the yeah. video has like been really hard. Cause, and I, I don't know if other people notice, but I can see it come through or it yeah. just makes the editing process way harder. Cause I am really angry or I look, you know, and you, you know what it's like, yeah. like you said to me with, um, when you were filming for your first YouTube video, you were, you weren't, you were actually in a good mood and then yeah. you watched it back and it looked like you were kind of a little bit, sort of like low like energy and you've really got yeah. to like pile it on for for Absolutely. video like you've got Absolutely. to be like hey and extra like yeah. yeah and that can be quite draining I feel yeah and I guess yeah definitely I mean you've 
you know, sometimes you start, you know, something going on in your life and you've got to do a, po- you know, you've, you've arranged to do a podcast and you, you've, you've kind of got to be professional, haven't you? And you've got to put that aside and get on with it. Although I guess sometimes in your, the mood or how you're, you're talking, it can come across to listeners, you know, potentially. Um, so, yeah. 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 It can be hard. Make another it's a point. To... Oh, that's I okay. Can't the, I can't remember uh, what the other point was. That's oh. right. It's because we're busy parents. So we just can't. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is funny. Like even when you do something new, whether it's writing or video, like when I, I've recorded a lot of that for my first video, but I don't like it. I don't like it. And the reason is it's actually, it's, it's a review of the GA645, which is a wonderful camera that we were sent to try out from Paul. Mm, yeah. The problem thank you, Paul. is, the problem is I feel like it's like a four, I think it's going to end up like 14, 15 minutes. I didn't want it that long, but I don't know how else to make it shorter without cutting vast swathes of it out. So I've made it now and I understand what's involved in terms of the camera and the, and the energy and all that stuff. But I think I'm going to park it and make some other ones. Mm. I don't want that to be my first. I don't want people to watch that and think, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's a bit serious or it's a bit, you know, so yep. it's funny when you, when you do create new content, it, it's, it is a learning process. I think it took me a year to do my first podcast, more or less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you've mentioned that before. And um, yeah, talking about like uh, content creation a little bit more, um, this is something that, you know, obviously like the I started with the YouTube channel and now I've got a podcast, which I definitely um, give credit to you and like Mike Gutterman, people who had me on their podcast. And then I was kind of oh, like, yeah. you know, you guys have been really helpful. Those idiots and- can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is inspiring. No, but I think you guys gave me such a good experience coming on um your podcast. I was like, oh, I'd love to be able to to do this as well. And it is um it is quite an accessible uh type of content to create, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, now I'm um also uh writing as well for Cosmo Photo, which mm. I'm finding quite like I sometimes do find challenging in that. I, I can come up with the idea for the article and write it all, but maybe, you know, I find a lot of the technical side of it to be quite difficult or like my sentences are too long or, you know, it needs sort of like rearranging or or shortening and things like that. So it's kind of like being mm-hmm. back at school almost. Yeah. You know, and learning like, curve, sure. yeah. And it's like, like you say, with the learning curve of like YouTube. Um, so yeah. What, uh, what is your, like, what's been your biggest kind of um what's been the biggest challenge or barrier for you moving into video because i know you've done a few like tiktok um Mm. like videos and like reels and stuff recently and that's obviously that like 60 minute mark but that's still a lot of work like i try and do that and i'm like oh my god like you know getting that right let alone doing like a youtube video that's like even longer and i have someone helping me so yeah i'm cheating really so yeah what's been your biggest challenge moving into video Uh, it's funny i think i've done a few tiktok ones and i think some of them, I think you've got to, when you start doing a new medium, whether it's a podcast or writing or video, the first one, it depends who you are. But for me, I find the first one takes me forever, but then you've got to think about it and think, okay, I spent all that time. I spent like half an hour trying to get a perfect shot of this, what something that happened in one of the, the videos that only lasted like three seconds. Like that was a waste of time. It didn't really matter. The lighting that I was worried about didn't really matter. I should have just done it, you know? So you, I think you find with all of these things, after you do a few, how, you know, you find ways to improve how you create the content, you know, speed it up or make it more streamlined. And certainly with that, that first video, 
uh, that I recorded, I actually recorded in the, in this room. I mean, now when it was a little bit neater and not so messy, <laughs> but what I noticed was um, I was getting a reflection off my glasses. So like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to memorize the lines and take my glasses off. And then I actually had on my computer here, I had like a teleprompter, you know, like all the words. And so I'm, I'm looking at the camera saying the words and I'm, but then every two sentences, I'm looking at the, the video. Now when yeah. I've gone to edit the video, is no way I sort of finished speaking and then I look over to the computer straight. It looks so stupid. So I'm having to put B-roll in all those bits yeah. where I'm looking away. Yep. And so you realize, okay, well, next time I do this, I finish a sentence, I need to look at the camera for two or three seconds and smile afterwards, you know, because I don't want to have to cover everything turning away with B-roll. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's all that kind of stuff. Like you you just you you do something for the first time, you you make mistakes, you muck up, you take notes, like I'm not going to do that next time. You know, I and I also had some video lights. I set up the video lights. I'm like, actually, I don't need them. All I need to do is on a sunny day open these blinds right up. And that's enough light. You know, yep. people don't 100%. people probably don't care about the lighting that much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great to have nice lighting, but and I know that you guys, you know, you and Lux do some fantastic lighting setups and I was trying to be all professional like you guys. But <laughs> I think to dip my toe in the water, I don't think I'd necessarily need to do that. I'm I'm filming them on my iPhone. Yeah. Um, um, and just with natural light and yep. and um, I, I want them to be short and, you know, six, eight minutes. And that's what I'm going to aim at from now on. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. And I think it's important for people to hear that, yeah, natural light, if you, if you have it um, in your home and using your iPhone is totally fine. Things do not have to look uh, super professional. And I know I, I'm saying that in our videos now look better than they used to but mm. that's how that's how we started and if I was on my own I definitely would not have this uh you know level of production that's yeah. just something that Lux really enjoys to do and that's yeah, like yeah. his part great. but seeing how much work that is is crazy mm. like it takes so much like that and the audio and then the editing like it really is yep. like so much work to 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 make make videos and I feel like it's becoming expected for people who are like photographers to also be doing a little bit of video mm. or, you know, like video is such a big part of every yeah. platform now. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, I'm really excited to see your first video and I know that you'll uh, smash it and you have so much knowledge and I think, no, you will. And there's always room for like, I think a lot of people think it's too late to start like a YouTube channel because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. there's already heaps mm. of people doing it. Yeah, and sure. I was actually working on an article recently touching on some of these points that, you know, like if you can come at something from a different angle Absolutely. or present yeah. something in a different way, there will mm. be 100% there will be people who are sitting there being like, yes, I agree or, oh, my God, this is exactly what I want. And I think especially with film photography, it is so niche and I'm mm. on YouTube a lot and I'm always looking for something new or a new channel or a new voice yeah. to, you know, yeah, shed some new light. Like I think there's always room for for new mm. people no matter who you are on that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, with it back to going back to family life and being a creative, mm. um, you have you tried to take photos with your kids before because your kids are a little bit older. Luca is one and he has a little Fisher yep. Price uh, camera that I bought oh, yeah, him yeah, in the op shop. And it's um, it, it like has a, like the focus ring moves and it's got a little yeah. advanced lever and stuff. And I'm always, oh, nice. I'm always playing with it with him and showing him it in the hope that one day yeah. he'll pick up photography. Pick up. Yep. Yeah. Um, so have you tried with your kids? Um, do they enjoy it or yet? Yeah, do they show interest in it at all? Well, it's always been something, I guess, ever since, you know, the kids were born. I mean, my daughter's 13, 
my son's 11. So I, you know, before, before though, I mean, I, I got into photography around 1994 and then about the time when I met Sarah, um, I, I split up with my ex and you, we, we didn't have much money, me and my ex. And we, um, I'd, I'd actually got a series of pay rises, but even then I, you know, um, you know, I didn't feel, oh, it sounds horrible. I don't mean to, to, to bag her or anything, but it, I basically, I wasn't even allowed to buy a camera magazine at the, at the supermarket. Right. Because we didn't have that uh, yeah. much money. Yeah. 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 But it, was, it was stuff like that. So when we split up, the first thing I did was I had all this money to myself and um, I started buying camera magazines and buying cameras and all this. And then I bought, uh, I switched systems. I had Canon film. I think I had a Canon. I bought a Canon DSLR. That's right. It was my first DSLR I bought. This was probably 2005. And then I switched to Nikon and then I met Sarah and we got on like a house on fire and we went on a few holidays. And then we went around Europe for six months in a motorhome, which was basically, I said to Sarah, it was a six month journey around Europe for me to take in photos. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was traveling. <laughs> and so and then Elodie came along, um, Elodie, my daughter came along after that. And so the cameras have always been there, you know, the, the, we've always had a house full of cameras and the kids are used to me taking photos of them. Uh, so it's not as if, you know, there were, you know, six or eight and I, I walked in one day with a bag of cameras and it all started. It, it, it's always been, you know, dad's thing, I think. And, you know, sometimes I think Elodie probably takes more interest in cameras. She always has, like she's, she's had Instax cameras and she's got a Canon Inspic at the moment. And, uh, you know, being a teenage girl, she likes to take selfies and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, that interest has sort of, you know, come and gone a little bit. Sometimes she's really into it and other times she won't touch it for months. Uh, my son, MJ, he, um, yeah, he doesn't really have any interest in it. You know, I've made him, you know, load film a few times and I've made him take pictures and yeah. he, you know, I remember one day we went to a Coochie Mudlow, which is a little island near us, and I gave them both an Instax, and I said the best, the best uh, Instax picture wins an ice cream. And of course, they they love going around, you know, burning through a pack of Instax each. <laughs> but um, other than that, I, I haven't been, I haven't tried to push photography on them because um, I feel like if I if I pushed it on them, they just, you know, they wouldn't want to do it. So. I'm still yep. waiting for them to come to me one day and say, "Hey, Dad, you know these these film cameras you've got. You know, if you got one that I can use, maybe." So, um, <laughs> um, you know, holding my breath for that to happen, but um, yeah. <laughs> No, oh, I won't hold my breath for that to happen, but hopefully it will. Hopefully it will. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm. Um, I love hearing that, and it makes me excited for Luca to get older. And I also think there'll probably be a lot of uh, parents listening who have had the same thing where they they don't want to push it, but they're trying yeah. to you know, expose their children to it. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think it's really, um, it's, it's, it's really uh, interesting to see if your kids do take on your, mm. your interests. And I think also it's normal for kids, like you said, like Elodie's dipping in and out of stuff. Cause I think you do do that mm. um, as a, as a teenager, like, you know, especially like, you know, you're really into this and then that gets dropped completely and you're into something yeah. else. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see as they get older, maybe, I know like uh, I've been listening to Negative Positives and Mike Gutterman's son, who he, he's a lot older, he's yeah, away in yep. college and he's now right. shown an interest in... Uh, shooting from, more than Mike. Yes. Yeah, he's shooting more yeah. than Mike. Yeah. And I loved hearing the interview with him, how he was like, Mike was sort of saying, oh, a lot of the photos you took were underexposed, but you really mm. liked that. And he was saying how, yeah, yeah, he loved like the mistakes and and all of that. So maybe when they're a bit older, they'll come to you in search of that film camera. Ho- and, hopefully, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's funny. I, I just remembered this come up on my Facebook the other day. I'll have to share it at some stage. But when my daughter was, I don't know, maybe eight or nine, 
she actually did this video and she, she goes, hello, my name's Elodie and I'm going to tell you about all the cameras. And she had this table with about five cameras. This one is an Instax and it takes the Instax. Like, so she it was a really cute video for about oh, I don't know, maybe so 60, 90 seconds. I'll have to... Um, I'll have to, I might put it on my YouTube eventually. And, yes, and I was going to say she's like a, YouTube. Yeah. she sounds like a YouTuber. She's well, like the. I think that's, I think all kids these days at some stage or another want to be YouTubers. And my daughter, she did that one. And then she started doing, um, they call it DIY, which to me is like putting nails in the walls and hanging pictures up. But DIY, I think in America is more craft kind of stuff. Yeah. And so she's yeah. watching all these craft YouTube accounts. And then she's, she made me one day for about two hours. I filmed her doing, making her own slime and all this. And then I edited it in Premiere Pro, it took, eight, it took over an hour and I gave her the rough cut of the video and she was like, oh no, I don't want that on YouTube. She was <laughs> embarrassed about how she sounded or how she looked. And yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the end of her, for now, that was the end of her YouTube, YouTube dreams, career. I think. But, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe when she, she gets older and she gets into the film cameras and then she starts, yeah, yeah. you know, she's watching Lucy Lerman and then she makes a yeah, YouTube right. channel. And, um, but that's, yeah. that's the thing. Like when I was a kid, we looked up to, you know, sports stars and musicians, you know, like rock bands, pop stars, you know, uh, footballers, cricketers. That's what we looked up. That's who the famous people were these days. You know, if I, I don't think my son for a million dollars could name anyone in the Australian cricket team. Um, he knows about some music, um, but it's mainly, it's all YouTubers, you know, that, that they're the kind of the pop stars of today really, aren't they? Yeah. It's funny how much it, uh, it changes. Cause it was sort of mm. celebrities like, you know, the Kardashians and like all that stuff, yeah. um, as opposed to, yeah, like what you say, like sports stars. And then now it's a hundred percent YouTubers or tick TikTokers or like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like Lux works, um, he's a teacher and all the kids all love like Mr. Beast and, they oh, yeah, all yeah, say yeah. like, yeah. it's like, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? They're like, I want to be a YouTuber. Like, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's a changing, changing world, but, um, yeah. but yeah, we'll have to see how your, how your kids go. Um, yeah. do you ever feel, um, this is not sort of personal, but, um, do you ever feel kind of lonely in your family due to the fact that you are so, so, so interested in this, uh, in film photography and it's so absorbing to you and, uh, you know, you're thinking about it all the time. And obviously when we like something, we like to talk about it. Do you mm. ever feel a little bit kind of not out of place or lonely, but, um, I could probably find a better word for that, but yeah, do you, I mean, I'm really lucky cause I have Lux mm. and, and so sometimes I feel spoiled for that. And I do think how it would be if maybe we didn't share, share that. Yeah, I know yeah. he's a lot more into, um, we're both into music, but he plays music and I don't play music. So sometimes he's talking to me and I'm like, Oh, yep. that's really going over my head. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, and there's a yeah. bit of a, not a disconnect, but I can feel him sort of go, Oh, okay. Don't worry. You know? And then I feel bad. Cause I'm like, Oh, I want to share yeah. what you, but it, it, I just don't have that, uh, knowledge. knowledge based. Order, yeah, yeah. So, or inch or interest. And I kind of mm. feel bad. So I'm just wondering how it is for somebody who doesn't have like our setup where we're both really into it. I think you just got to, you know, in all your relationships, you got to find out what you do have in common and, and work on that. You know, for example, you know, that with my son, my son loves Fortnite. And then when, when, what happened was during, I think at the, the coronavirus, just, you know, when the COVID-19 came out, this is probably March, April, 2020, everything was shut down. Schools had closed. It was just, it was like thought the end of the world was coming. I know. Yeah. We went down to our latest JB Hi-Fi and we bought an Xbox. I think it was like $180. It was it was really cheap. And then you couldn't buy them anymore. They just it was sold out everywhere. 
So we've got an Xbox at 180 bucks and I thought, oh, well, you know, I've heard about this Fortnite game. You might like that because he plays Minecraft. So he, you know, he started playing Minecraft, uh, Fortnite, got hooked on it, of course, and he still plays it, you know, uh, two years later. Well, I started playing it as well because I thought, well, you can play duo. I didn't know, but you could play duos. You could play two people together. And so, you know, and, uh, you know, long story short, uh, for the last, you know, uh, 18 months, I've been, I play with him uh, on the other computer behind me now, but, uh, you know, we, we found that we play that together. So we play for probably an hour, you know, th- three or four nights a week, three or four nights a week. We play for an hour, a fortnight together. Maybe sometimes it's more than an hour. Man, we get so. nagged out if we're on too long. <laughs> yeah. but I think it's just that you've got to find what you have in common with people with, with the film photography stuff. And, you know, do I, I don't, I wouldn't say I felt lonely at all. Like people just know that cameras are my thing. I tell my wife about sometimes when I bought a new film or I've sold a camera or bought a camera. Sometimes she's excited if, you know, if I've made a few Bob, you know, selling one I bought yep. for not much years ago. Other yeah, times yeah. she's like rolls her eyes if I tell her I bought something expensive. Uh, but I think she's just used, she knows now that whatever I, if I buy something expensive, I'm making the money somehow else. I'm selling something else I've got or I've made money through another way. So she's not worried about what I spend on it. Uh, I, I think so, I think sometimes, you know, she, you know, she doesn't exactly appreciate all the I know, I know she knows that I, I work hard with the podcast and, you know, there's a lot of people listen to it, but I don't think she has, she quite has an appreciation for some of it, of what goes into it. Um, but then, you know, I do play little selected parts to her sometimes, you know, funny little parts and I try and get them involved where I can. So at the, uh, the Christmas episode last year, I think we did a funny little um, jingle. It's not a jingle. It was like an audio sort of fill and I had all three, yep. you know, my son, my daughter and my wife involved. So yeah, I I don't feel I wouldn't say I felt I felt lonely about it. It's just I like I like that. You know, Sarah likes other things, TV shows and stuff. You know, my daughter Elodie likes music and stuff that we don't like. My son loves video games and watching YouTube. I think you just gotta find, you know, in your family and your relationships what you do have in common and 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 work on that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's um that that's right for sure. And uh, I love that they get involved. Uh, like I was saying to you um, in the pre-show warm-up, like I get messages from people and they say, if I mention you or they've maybe listened to one of your podcasts, they'll say, oh, you know, I love Matt. Like he seems, you know, really genuine. And they'll say, I love the fact that he has his kids in the um, in the intro Aww. and stuff, which is, yeah, really sweet. Yeah, I think that nice. resonates with a lot of, a lot of people because there are a lot of content creators who are like younger and like, yeah. you know, single or like sort of living – living this life where they can do whatever they want, mm. I suppose. And yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't always, I know that doesn't always resonate with me now that I've had Luca because our lives just look so different to how mm. they how they used to. Like we can't yeah. just pop out and, you know, like we used to go out and do a lot of night shoots and stuff like that. And that's quite hard to do when you, when yeah. you have um, kids. So yeah. 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 But thank you for sharing that. Um, uh, that with me, Matt, I hope that wasn't too personal. It was just sort of something Not I was curious all. about with, yeah. um, yeah, like different family structures of what people are like interested in and mm. stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, cool. Um, do you have any tips for parents who are photographers or content creators or just creatives in general of how to kind of make time for yourself and your creative pursuits or even just photography? Cause I know a lot of people will be like, mm. I haven't even managed to shoot. Like, is there anything you can offer them or anything you do to like push yourself or give yourself that time? 
Yeah, I think there's two issues here. Um, so the first one is how you can give yourself time. Uh, I'm actually just typing yeah. this because uh, I'm thinking about it. And the other one is how you can make family time, photography time. Yes. Yes, okay, love that. So the first one, how you can give yourself time, I guess you've got to think about, you know, if you feel guilty because you got you want to go off for two or three hours and take photos and the family is saying, oh, we wanted to do this or we wanted to do that. The, this kind of an easy way around that is that you look at what's going on in the weekend or the week. Now, if just say, you know, you, you, you all want to go out shopping or you all want to go out for a picnic on Saturday morning or something. Okay. The first, the first thing is this, when you go out on that picnic or you go out for a walk together or go out for a bike ride, take a camera with you. Always take, I always take a camera with me almost everywhere, even to the supermarket, even when I'm walking the dog, quite often I won't take a photo. You know, film's getting more expensive and, uh, you know, it doesn't worry me so much, but I don't want to just waste film for the sake of, you know, oh, I took a shot today. I don't, you know, it doesn't really worry me. Absolutely. But I always take a camera with me everywhere. But I, I guess the first thing is how can you, how can you make family time, photography time? So for example, if you're taking the kids to the park, okay. So you got to think ahead. Okay. The kids are going to be running around. They're going to be bouncing up and down on that big you know, bouncy castle thing or whatever, I'm going to need a camera where I can get a fast shutter speed. So maybe I'll take my SLR, you know, because I can get, I can shoot at one two fiftieth of a second or one five hundredth of a second and freeze the action. You know, if they're going to the pool, well, actually, you know what, I've got an underwater camera. Uh, I could take, it doesn't matter if it gets wet. I could, I could take a few frames. I could put it underwater and take them underwater. I could give it to them. They could swim with it, take a photos, give it to be back. Yes. So, um, some underwater cameras are expensive, you know, like I'm not saying give them a Nikonos, you know, Nikonos uh, <laughs> camera, but, you know, the uh, the Prima AS1, which is known as the Canon Shawshot A1, yes, is that white and red one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful camera. It's, it's really a lot cool. of fun, yep. water resistant. Yep. But there's also other options. I think there's also, you know, there are disposable uh, underwater cameras, you know, grab one of them and see what kind of shots you get with that. Yeah, yeah, that's um, really fun. Yep. If you're, you know, you're going out for the evening, perhaps, you know, maybe, you know, your partner's book tickets to some show, you know, like for the kids that you don't really want to go to or, you know, something like that, or you're going to dinner. Okay. You'll think, okay, well, we're going out. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's just getting dark now. Uh, I, I need to take a, a film camera that's got a flash. And so I can take some nice portraits. Everyone's dressed up nicely. I'll take some nice pics of the family with the flash. Or, you know, actually I've got some really fast film. I've got 800 speed film or 1600 speed film. I could put that in my fast you know, uh, fixed lens point and shoot, and I could maybe take a few shots at dusk. It, it might be okay. So I think whatever activities you're doing, you've got to think about where you're going, what's happening. You know, can I, you know, if my kid's going to a party and I've got to hang around for the party, um, you know, maybe there's a park across the road. I could, I could just drop the kids at the party and walk across the road for 10 minutes in the nature reserve and take a few photos. Or, you yep. know, if the kids are, I've got to, the kids are going to the cinema. Well, and you know, if I don't really want to go see the movie, maybe they could just go and I'll wait for them and I'll, I'll go for a walk around the neighborhood and take photos. So I think every every single opportunity when you're going out with the family, whether it's a picnic or you're going swimming or you're going out for the evening, you've got to think about the conditions and what camera can I take? You know, what how can I get a few frames? Maybe it's just an Instax or a Polaroid you could take. But there's that sort of angle to it. Always, always think about the activities. Um, and another really cool camera I've used with the kids is one of those lamography action samplers. You know, so when the kids are jumping up and down on the trampoline or the monkey bars or whatever, it takes four photos very quickly and you just get this blur of kids, you know, and they're not, yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. they're not great photos, but it doesn't really matter. It's, you, you, at least you're being creative and you're doing something and, and the photos you get might just surprise you. 
Definitely. Now, the second part of it, I guess, is how do you make time for yourself if you just want to go by yourself and do something? I guess the first thing is, and I learned this from traveling with the family, is get up early. So everyone in my family, they're kind of night night owls and they they sleep in every day. And I found that if I was, you know, if we were in somewhere like Hong Kong or we're in Indonesia, the easiest way for me to get time to myself is, you know, they might wake up at eight o'clock, right? And have a leisurely breakfast at 8.30. I'll get up at 6.30 or seven and I'll go for an hour walk. And then just by the time I get back, I might get a mess, you know, just, I'm just getting back to our little villa we're staying at or the hotel and I'll get a message. Hi, where are you? Know, where are you? We don't know where you are. I mean, I usually tell them where I'm going, but that's how, you know, are you far away? We're about to have breakfast. So, you know, that, that's an easy way to get an hour to yourself, get up early. The other thing is that, you know, if you've just been out for the day, perhaps, you know, you went out for a day trip and everyone just wants to chill at home, or maybe they want to go and, you know, you've got a pool and they're in the pool, or they just want to chill and watch a movie, or they want to play games, or they want to watch YouTube, you know, that's your opportunity then, you know, if they're all happy and they're doing what they want to do, go do what you want to do. Um, Another thing is quite often on a Sunday afternoon, I'll, you know, I'll say to, to my wife, said, do we need any shopping? And she'll say, you know, she'll be busy in the kitchen. She might be making dinner or something. I mean, we both make dinner and, and do the jobs in the kitchen, but, you know, she's making dinner on a Sunday. I'll say, oh, I'm just going to go down to the shops. Do you want anything? And she'll say, oh, yeah, we need this and this for tomorrow or milk and eggs or whatever. And I'll say, okay, well, I'm just going to take some photos first and I'll swing by the supermarket on the way home. So I'm kind of doing a chore to help with the family, right? Getting some lunch for the kids or getting something we need but if you can carve out half an hour somewhere nice near the supermarket you know that's, that's a way of sort of of doing that you know what i mean like trying to tack on a little photography trip along with doing something that helps the family definitely oh so many good tips there matt and i felt like i, I was rambling lucy Lunen, no, so. no 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 i was loving that i was loving how many like suggestions and ideas you had and tips like yeah. that's really great um and all all everything you said i was just like thinking how much our lives are the same and we yeah, have to try yeah. and turn what we're doing into like a photography opportunity. And I was wondering if other people do that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really nice that you've shared that and kind of what a weekend would look like or what a trip away would look like with, with your cameras. And yeah, I think like deciding what you're going to bring to get the kids involved um, is, is really great. I was looking at my Reto 3D camera thinking, Oh, this yeah. look, looks really cool, you know, like like yeah, I can yeah. imagine a kid being like, wow, what's that? And then obviously the finished product, you know, the fact that it's moving is like they would they would like that. So, yeah, really great tips there. Um, I think we do pretty much the same. Um, like if we go for a walk with Luca, we'll take it in turns to push the pram and then the other person yep. can kind of walk off for 15 minutes, get some shots. Yeah, nice. Come back. Um if we do get a day, we'll probably film for YouTube, like, mm -hmm. you know, a video. Uh, and I'm very lucky. My mum is very helpful and, yeah. will, you know, look after Luca. Um, but yeah, we do. We, I'm surprised at how much we manage to do like with him as well. And yeah, we, if we, if we, you know, yeah, anytime we're out for a walk or like you say, like you go to a party, like we're going to a, um, a nineties dress up party later oh, in nice. the month. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to take the, obviously not with Luca, it's in the evening, but, um, yeah. But um, we're going to take the the Reto 3D camera there because I thought getting photos of everyone in their costumes would be kind of yep. and there'll be some motion and I thought that would has look a flash, cool. doesn't it? Or? Yeah, it has a flash. Yeah, so I thought yep. that and the photos I've seen with the flash look cool. So I'm a, I'm yeah. a I love I love flash like um mm. yeah obsessed. So am I going out for dinner tonight? So I'll probably take a point and shoot um yep. with a flash and then uh, Lux will take. He's got some 
uh, T Max thirty two hundred. I oh, think. Oh, nice. In, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because he likes doing like that sort of photography, and then I just love if it's dark. I'm like, I'll just use the flash. So yeah, so yeah. like turning stuff into um, a, a shooting experience, similar to my IKEA recent IKEA trip. Like I was like, yeah, I haven't absolutely. had a chance to shoot, so I'm just gonna do this and like set yourself a little challenge. And then, yeah. yeah, trying to carve out, even if it's an hour a week, like you think, okay, I'm just going to, you know, make sure that I have like an hour once a week to like go yeah. out and shoot like do by that. myself. Because yeah, right. sometimes you do yeah. want to walk around on your own and, you know, mm. especially with YouTube, sometimes I don't want it to be for content. I want it to just be mm. for myself. There's yeah. no pressure and I can just, yeah. sort of, you know, photograph like whatever I want. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's some really, um, really good tips there. I hope um, that this is inspired people to make some time because it can be really easy also to make excuses that, you know, oh, well, I have kids mm. or, you know, I'm really busy and I can't do it. But I think we can all find like um, an hour. I know I get up a little bit earlier a couple of times yeah. a week as well. If I want to plan a video because the house will be quiet, I can plan like, you know, writing um, and I feel energized in the morning because I don't have all of the stresses of the day yet, you know, like in yeah. the evening, I often feel very, you know, very tired and very yeah. drained, you know, when you're working and you've got kids and stuff like that. So yeah. They can really energize you if you go out first thing in the morning and do something mm. creative, you can feel yes. like you've achieved something already. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um, now looking, can I just make one more point? Looking yeah, through, I'm looking through my photos now. And one thing I didn't tell you about is every Friday, my daughter goes to these um, theater lessons, right? Yep. So I have to drop her off. And it's it basically, it's half an hour from where we live. So it's an hour round trip. So if I went and took her there and came back and then waited for a couple of hours and went and there again to pick her up and bring her back, it's like two hours of driving. So what I, it's, you know, and, and in Friday traffic, is not particularly fun. So what I sort of did was I started, you know, when she started going about a year ago, I drop her off. And then I've basically got four hours every Friday afternoon and evening. And my parents actually live near there as well. So I'll, I'll go around and see them. But in those four hours, I've just started going around trying to walk. I go to the library sometimes and mm -hmm. I, I take photos. And for a while I was like, oh man, these photos are not great. But I've actually started to get to a point where I think I've actually got enough cool photos. I, I walk around a place called Wynnum on the bayside of Brisbane. And I've actually got to a stage now where I've actually got enough interesting photos of Wynnum. I feel like, oh man, maybe I should do a zine about yeah. Wynnum. So, so something that started as a bit of a chore, like having to wait around four hours every Friday, it's sort of, you know, it, it's made me become a bit more creative. And and certainly now when it's, you, you know, if it has been, it's been raining a lot recently in recent months in Brisbane. And so when I've been taking her in the rain, I'm like, oh, I won't get my walk around tonight because it's too wet for the cameras it's funny how, you know, something like that, you know, you, you can sort of, you know, you can take what you feel like is a lemon and make lemonade out of it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It's a great zine idea. And it reminds me of um, yesterday I watched a little bit of, uh, I don't know if you know, Ted, I think his name's Ted Forbes. He's like a big oh, yeah. photography YouTube guy, like mm -hmm. film and digital, I think. And um, he, he just had a video and I thought I'll just watch this. And um, he had like lots of zines that people had sent him. And one of them yeah. was, it was called Lunch Break sessions and it was a guy who every day for like a year went out on his lunch break for half an hour and oh, yeah, like yeah. took photos so there was yeah, like a lot great. of buildings and stuff he obviously worked in like the cbd and um yeah, yeah i was like oh what a cool idea and then he, he yeah. had ri he'd written some stuff in it as well and said you know th this was the only time i had to shoot and then he's just collected these images and he probably was like you where he was just trying mm. to find some time trying to 
carve out some Be time. And, then, and Yeah. And then it's yeah. like turned into this like project and then into a zine. So you never know where your like, you know, where your stuff kind of end you, up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it's good to have that to look forward to. Like I know that when I do work in the city these days, I'll I'll decide oh, which camera am I taking and which film do I put in it or, you know, oh, I've got fit that film in that camera, I'll take that one. And it, it, sometimes I don't take any photos, but it's the whole, you know, you I think you've got to look for ways to, to look forward to your day, you know, and you might have to work, you might not be looking forward to it, or, you know, you've, you've got to find some way of, of, of building something you love into your day. Um, and just one other point I want to make about, you know, the kids and me taking photos with the family is that quite often they will get annoyed at me taking photos for a long time. And <laughs> one example is recently I changed my wallpaper on my phone to this photo, yes, which lovely. I took on my contacts. It's a picture of some cherry blossoms. And I took on my contacts G1 and I showed my daughter. I said, oh, do you like my new wallpaper she's like oh my god this is so pretty this is so beautiful did you take that in japan and i'm like no when we were in japan a few years ago it wasn't cherry blossoms cherry blossoms yeah she said oh where did, we, where did you take that i said i took it in, when we went on that road trip to stanthorpe last year when we stayed in that nice cabin and she went oh where was i when you took that photo i said you were in the car with your brother moaning because you were hungry and telling me to hurry up that's where you were so <laughs> you know it, it's funny um, you know she really loved the photo but at the time all they wanted was something that something to eat you know yep. so you've got to you can you can push it a little bit sometimes with family and say i'll, I'll just be you know 10 minutes just chill in the car but you've got to i think you've got to sometimes work out when when you've taken it too far and they're waiting around too, too long for you too you know? long yeah definitely yeah we um um, I think I get a little bit like that sometimes if Lux wants to shoot like a whole roll mm. and he's like, okay, I want to take take photos of you because that's his favorite thing to, to do. Like he will yeah. take photos when we're walking around, but he likes doing like portraits and only really yeah. of me, which is fine. And I do like having my photo taken probably more than yeah. a lot of people do. But yeah, mm. it does get a little bit like, you know, um, it can get tiring for the person as well, um, especially yeah. if you are like doing stuff. So yeah, trying to find that balance. Um, but that's a, yeah. that's a funny funny story she probably wishes she was underneath it and you know it was it was it was her now she wishes she would have got out of the car or <laughs> yeah well I did make them I did make them pose for some photos next to the cherry blossoms I think a couple of them were okay a couple of them weren't very good it was, it was hard to try to frame the image because it was like it was a bridge and there was cars and yeah, so I yep. did take a couple of them with the cherry blossoms but they probably weren't the ones of cherry blossoms by themselves were the, the nicer ones yeah so. yeah yeah it's a beautiful photo so let's move on from family life um i wanted to talk about travel photography because i know that's something yeah. that you were really into you were kind of talking about it before with your other instagram account and i know you were kind of like in that scene and um yeah really really into that obviously you still take photos when you're um traveling i think everybody mm -hmm. likes to do that but yeah it seems like that was something that you were um quite like sort of serious about so um you've sort of moved away from that i would say and i was wondering if you could talk about yeah, your time doing that and how it inspires you, if it still inspires you. Mm. Well, it's interesting. I've been listening to your other podcasts and you've been speaking to other photographers about, you know, music and how music's inspired their photography and other, you know, musical influences and stuff like that. And I was sort of listening to the podcast thinking, well, I mean, music was a very, like I said earlier on, on the podcast, um, you know, when I was a kid, the two big people the two things that everyone wanted to be at school people either wanted to be you know a pop star rock star or they wanted to be uh, a sports person right and that's the same for me I love cricket I love I used to love rugby league back then uh, and I used to love all the big musicians and certainly as I got into my teens you know you, you form your own identity and 
you know, music was probably a, a, a much bigger way for me to to form an identity rather than sport, you know, um, probably because I wasn't that good at sport, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I got into a lot of different bands and I started playing the guitar and all this, but I can't say that that ever really influenced photography. Like I wasn't even into photography then. But the one thing that I was really interested in from around that age, those teenage years was travel. So I, I, you know, I was born in Brisbane. My, my parents are Australian. Their parents are Australian. Their parents are Australian, and so you know, we've, you know, we've kind of, my family have lived in Australia probably for, uh, you know, since the eighteen forties, eighteen fifties. So you know, we and we all lived in country towns or in Brisbane or you know, we never uh, travelled very far. I think the first, I don't, my parents had never been overseas. Um, they went overseas after I went overseas. Like they'd never been overseas. They didn't even have a passport, you know, for until they're in their fifties. Yeah, yeah. So when I was growing up, you know, we had a very—I wouldn't say it was sheltered, but it was very. It wasn't like it is today, where you literally today you can talk to someone around the world in a different time zone instantly through your phone, and you can FaceTime them or you can Zoom them or you can see that what their what weather, the weather's like or what they you know hear their point of view. You you just couldn't do that when I was a kid. You know, the only way we could be in touch with other people around the world back then was we you know in our French class at school you could sign up to have a pen pal. You know, and um, I think actually, I think in our English class as well, we, we could have pen pals. And I remember when I was 13, going a bit off topic here, but I guess it's about travel. This is more about travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My love of travel. I remember when I was 13, I signed up for this pen pal and I had I got matched with this girl in Norway. And then one day when I got home from school, mum was like, oh, Matthew, there's an envelope here for you. And she was a bit like smiling, a bit sheepish. And I'm like... And I looked at the envelope and it had my name on the front. I turned it over and this girl, this teenage girl in Norway had, had put lipstick on and kissed the back of the envelope. <gasps> so there's this big red oh. lips. Like, I was just, you know, mortified. Mortified, that, oh yeah, my, yeah. What the hell is this? Yeah, and yeah. I opened it up and it was this lovely letter from this young lady in my age, you know, about 13. And she took a, a Polaroid, you know, those photo booth Polaroids you take? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. she'd taken one of them and she'd, she'd cut it, you know, she'd taken one of them and she'd put it in the envelope. I mean, I'm pretty white. Right. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. This was the whitest person I've ever seen in my life. She was, maybe it was the flash, but <laughs> yeah, you know, living in Norway, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the far north of Norway, <laughs> she was whitest person I've ever seen. Oh, uh, so and so funny. through things like that, and also through French class, you know, we had these French textbooks and they, we, this is the 19, late 1980s. We were, we were looking at these French textbooks, but they'd be made in the 70s. But, and, and it sort of, you followed different young people all around the world in, you know, in, in French speaking Africa, in, in Quebec, in, in France, in Belgium, in Switzerland and other French speaking parts of the world, like New Caledonia. And so through exposure to these books at school, like seeing all these different places, I was like, I want to, I want to go to these places, you know? And I, I inquired a few times about being an overseas exchange student, but it cost a lot of money in those days. It was, I think it was $10,000, which was or five or $10,000. I can't remember, but that was just an extraordinary amount of money. My parents didn't have that kind of money to do that. Mm, yeah, yeah, And so I, I started thinking about, you know, overseas and stuff. And certainly by the time I'd finished, uh, I, I finished high school and I got to university, uh, I started thinking about going overseas myself because I, you know, we watched British and American TV programs and, you know, you might see on TV sometimes a documentary about castles or, you know, the Eiffel Tower or all these amazing places. So around the time when I was 19, 20, I was, I was just finishing up university, I finished university when I was 20, I started, you know, getting guidebooks so I'd, I'd get western europe or scandinavia and I'd, I'd literally sit there and read a guidebook at home and and read about all these amazing places and 
there's a brand of, of guidebook I'm sure you've heard of Lucy Lumen called Lonely Planet. They're, uh, yep. they're originally, yep. they were, uh, I think it was Tony and Maureen Wheeler. They're a British couple who then moved to Australia and they started this guidebook company. And, you know, Lonely Planet, one of the biggest guidebook companies in the world now. I think they're owned by the BBC. Oh, they were for a while owned by the BBC. I don't know who they're owned by now. But, you know, it was basically a guidebook saying, you know, a city or a town or a region, this is what to do, blah, blah, blah. But then in the middle of the, of the guidebook, there's always a little photo section and, you know, there'd be photos of these places and there'd always be a beautiful photo on the front cover. And I think from that time, you know, because I wanted to go overseas, I wanted to experience a different part of the world than what I was used to in, you know, Southeast Queensland. All these photos were just mesmerizing to me. And, you know, I would, I would look at them a hundred times. And when I picked up a new Lonely Planet guide, I would just go straight for the photos. And so I guess I didn't know it, but I was really gathering um, a sort of appreciation of, of photography from travel guides. And when I went to go overseas, I'd made up my mind when I finished my degree, I was only 20 years old. I wanted to go overseas. And so in those days, you know, the internet existed in 1994, but it wasn't very widespread. So in those days, what I did was I actually, back in those days, all of the big European countries had travel travel bureaus or travel offices in Australia. So what you did was you rang them or you wrote to them, right? <laughs> so wow. it's weird thinking about that yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Hello, um, I'm thinking about going to <laughs> Germany. Um, I'm thinking about visiting Germany next year. I'm interested in going to Munich, Berlin, um, and, you know, Rotenburg, up to Tauber and, you know, the Bavarian region. Can you please send me any information you have on this region and maps? And, and you would get back maybe a week or two later or maybe a month later, you know, mum again, mum, I mean, Matthew, you've got some mail and it'd be like this big packet, this big brown envelope and you'd open it up and there'd be like a dozen brochures and maps of, about Germany. And it's like, you know, like my head was exploding. Oh my God, this is amazing. And you go through and look at all the photos. Okay, I'm definitely going to this place. This looks amazing. I'm going there, you know. And so I think that's, you know, photography was sort of, you know, calling these photographs were calling me to these places. And so when I was 20, I went overseas and did a two-year working holiday in Europe. And just before I left to go, I thought, well, I, I want to capture some of these places like these guidebooks. So I went to the duty free store because I tell you, you know, you got the cheap camera, you know, cheap stuff back in those days, the duty free store. And, and even going into the duty free store in those days was like, oh, I'm in the duty free store. Like, you know, and you know, if someone asks me why I'm here, I've got my ticket here in case, you know, anyone questions why my validity yep, of being yeah, here. Yep, you know? yep, yep. And um, I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, I think I, what I told the salesperson, the salesman, he said, oh, what kind of camera do you want? I said, oh, I want something small and I'm going to, I'm going to England. So it's got to be weatherproof because it rains every day in England. And so I ended up with this Pentax Zoom 90 WR, which is a re quite actually quite a heavy, bulky camera. Now this was 1994. This is in the era of, you know, the Olympus Mu stylus epic cameras. I don't know why I didn't go for one that, which was a much smaller, like an Olympus camera. I just saw that the uh, the Pentax, maybe it was the price point, I'm not sure, but I ended up with this zoom camera. I think I wanted a zoom lens is, is probably what the situation was. And uh, so I went overseas. I took my um, my Pentax zoom camera with me. I'll show you some of the photos. Hang on. So I don't have the negatives anymore. I don't know what happened to the negatives. I think they okay. were thrown out. Yeah, these are like all photos of like uh, that's actually Aww. a lady that named this is in France, like a uh, work voluntary youth camp I went to. That lady, yeah, know, her yeah. name's Elodie. That's where I got the, oh, word, the name. Oh, that's Elodie where from. you got. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, just yeah. random photos of places, and sometimes I've written on the back, like that one's in Poland. Other ones, I just I haven't written on the back. It's just a complete 
jumbled trying to work out where all these photos, photos were taken. I'm from. sure I'll be able to track yeah, them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But it was actually uh, towards the end of that, you know, I was getting these photos back all the places I went. And sometimes I, I thought, God, these, these photos are great. And other times I look at the photos and go, these are terrible. And it was actually at that camp that I just showed you that picture from. I went to this, like this voluntary uh, environmental camp in France for a week. And basically it was, it was I used to be a bit, a bit more of a lefty than I am now, you know, and it was, it was all about, you know, I used to wear a Greenpeace t-shirt and it was about helping the environment and all that, <laughs> which is still great stuff, but I used to be a bit more, you know, more on that, that way yeah, back yeah. then. Yep. Uh, and it was funny because the, the, that voluntary youth camp I went to in France, we basically, for a week, we cut down trees. That was the project. So these, the, I, I think I was thinking it was an environmental project. <laughs> and we, all we did was cut down trees. And the reason that was is because there was an old railway um, track and they wanted to turn it into a walking and cycling track for the community. It was all overgrown. Yeah. So we, we cut down all this, this, um, this foliage for a week. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We met a lot of people. But towards the end of that, that um that camp there was a guy an english guy on the camp and he had this little slr i don't know what it was i think it might have been an olympus slr and he was just taking a photo of the sunset and there wasn't anything particularly interesting i didn't think there was anything interesting about it you know and i said to him i said oh like what are you doing man and he said oh, i'm just taking a picture of the sunset and i've got my my lens here and i'm changing the aperture and the shutter speed depending on I was like oh my this guy's a nerd oh my <laughs> god what an absolute nerd but i walked away thinking a guy's like a you know nerd alert super nerd but it's funny i then sort of thought like maybe maybe he's onto something here. Maybe mm. I kind of admired him as well yeah, because yeah, he was so yeah. passionate. You were like intrigued. And yeah, and that's how basically how the the, the the switch kind of flipped in my brain. Like, okay, well, when I go back to Australia in a few months' time, maybe I should buy a better camera than these this Pentax. And um, it was from there really that I I got into photography. I bought one Canon SLR, and then I bought another Canon, and I bought. I had one Canon in the zoom lens, the short zoom lens, and then I bought the longer zoom lens and I, I swapped the zoom lenses back and forth. And they're like, this is a pain in the bum. So I bought another body. So I had two bodies with two zoom lenses on. And yeah, I really, I really wanted to become a travel photographer. So I, you know, bought a lot of transparency slide film. I went to India and yeah, it was, it was all about, yeah, to, you know, trying to get that perfect travel shot. And I guess travel is, is actually the thing that led me to photography and eventually somewhere over the line, you know, photography took over perhaps mm. because of family circumstances, you know, you, in, unless you're going to stay single and travel or, or you know, you're coupled up and have no kids and yeah, travel yep. the globe indefinitely, yep. uh, unless you've got a money stream to do that, you, you know, you've got to kind of get a job and, you know, and stay in one place, you know, for kids' yeah, schools and whatever. It comes to an end kind of, you know, it's somewhat like it can't be a permanent thing that you do just all the time yeah, unless I mean, are, you you know there are there some are people, people who do it but i think they're the very much the exceptions rather than the rules aren't they definitely um, but it's funny even when you know we do go places now travel photography is still my thing i still love going places even if it's for a day trip or an overnight trip and i, I still but I've, I've noticed lately i was thinking about this even when i've gone around the neighborhood lately and just walked the same walk that i always walk with the dog or i've gone to Wynnum, the same place i go every friday night i was thinking about how i my approach to taking photos. And I still think I have that very travel photography mindset in place. When I, when I go to Wynnum, quite often I'm trying to take a photo of that place that encapsulates what the place is about. You know, if you're doing a, a travel guide to Wynnum, these, these, I think some of my photos would be good to, mm -hmm. you know, they, they would illustrate Wynnum perfectly. I still, yep. I, so I think I still have that mindset in my mind about, you know, how I approach photography. I, I still go to a place and, and look for, you know, interesting things to photograph that really encapsulate what that place is all about. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear the the um yeah, like the entry point for you into photography and hearing you like, you know, getting these packages and looking at these guides and it's similar to how I felt with like records and music zines and mm. like fanzines and stuff like that. Um yeah. and yeah, like it's just it's really it's really interesting because I've never been into like travel photography like per se, really. Yeah. And um but but yeah, I can totally see how that's influenced your photography now. Um and you're yeah still bringing that into your photography even though you're not like traveling all the time. Mm. Um for sure. And yeah, I I love like I can just feel the excitement of you talking about like, yeah, like the pen pal and yeah. getting those guides and all that stuff, especially to me, that seems, you know, obviously like I'm uh, a little, little bit younger than you. So things were different. Like, yeah. you know, we, we, we had the internet and we didn't really have those things. I do remember writing to people in the UK because my parents are from the UK yeah. and um, yeah, getting uh, like photos like sent back and forth and stuff like that and getting airmail was really mm. like exciting, like that envelope and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So yeah. And I, um, can see probably your you being drawn to zines maybe because of those things like getting things in the post and you know like this little yeah, that's a good uh, point yeah you know or like I feel like film photographers are very like they love getting like a a package you know like the, yeah. they love like tangible things and yeah like you know they're very nostalgic and like that's something I think we all share so yeah that's super interesting and interesting too because I yeah I'm not into into travel photography and when I went to Europe, all of my photos were like, just, you wouldn't know where I was because they were all things I'd photograph here, like yeah, a fin yeah. or like in that yeah. kind of Matthew Joseph sort of looking style where, you know, it's just yeah, like yeah. An, an an object or a real close up kind of um, crop of something that could literally be anywhere and no photos mm. of anything of the place, which is mm. in very stark contrast to you where you're like, you know, I'm going to find something that really encapsulates like this area I'm always looking mm. for it to be where yeah it could, it could be anywhere and you don't know so I mm, love yep. I love when people are into the same thing but they make can make it look so different and that's why mm. photography is so um so interesting yeah yeah so thank thank you for sharing your your story and how we got to, how we got Matt Matt loves cameras now we have yeah, you with right. your <laughs> with your podcast um so I this sort of leads nicely into my next question which is what would be your dream job or your dream life? Because I think about that a lot. And my since starting the YouTube channel and becoming like a content creator, um, mm. my my dream would be to do this full time. Like if I could have a yeah. podcast, have a YouTube channel, write articles, uh, maybe do video work for other people, like Lux could make his music and maybe make that available for you know, content creators to use or mm. I don't know, like, yeah, just anything in that sort of sphere would be um, maybe create uh, a product. I've been thinking about mm. doing some kind of like uh, making some kind of um, photography, like journal type thing, or like, I just have so many ideas all the time, but I don't have time to flesh mm. them out, look into them and then execute them. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm, but I'm really enjoying everything that I am doing. And that would be my dream if I could like, you know, retire Lux and we could just do all of that. Like that would be my dream. So I think it's important to have a dream, even if it is something that's maybe not going to happen. And if you can yeah. get a little bit of it, that's, you know, it, it's, it's a really nice feeling. 
So I'm wondering what absolutely what what Matt Murray's dream life would look like. Would it be a full time full time podcaster or writer, or would you want to be a travel photographer? Like, yeah, what's what's your dream job? Well, when I got into the the photography, the travel photography, um, you know, like I said, I um, I went to India and I I had a list. My ex at the time, she used to work for Kodak Australia as a temp, and she she had access to the staff shop, and so. I said to her, can you buy me some slide film? She said, well, how many do you want? Like five or six rolls. I'm like, do you want like 10? You want 10 rolls? I went, can you get me 50? And she kind of freaked out and was embarrassed. Like, you want me to go into the staff shop and buy 50 rolls of slide film? I'm like, yes, please. Because it was like three or $4 cheaper than you could buy it. You know, it was a significant yeah, yeah. amount of money. I yeah, wouldn't have yeah. much money back then. So I think she came home with 40-odd rolls of slide film. She cleared out this Kodak staff shop in Brisbane of um, Elite Chrome, which wasn't uh, – unfortunately, in those days, I wasn't shooting Kodak Chrome. I was shooting Elite Chrome, which was okay. their consumer kind of slide Version. film. I guess yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, – and the whole point of that, of me telling you that, is because I went to India, I wanted to write travel stories. And so to me, even, I think even when I went to India in 1998, it was, I was still a young man, then I was only 23, I think, and – the whole point was I was going to take photos, but really the photos were just supporting. I wanted to be a travel photo journalist. So I wanted to write stories about places. Oh, and, you know, here are my photos, you know, and have the whole package kind of thing. And then as you get older, it was, I guess it was a bit more, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I guess it was a bit more difficult in those days because the internet, you know, just in 1998, I remember being in India, in Jaipur on the internet, you had to wait for ages and then it was your turn. And then you had the Indian internet had to connect and it was so slow. And so the internet was around in 1998, but it was a little bit slow, but you still, you know, how to, how do you become a travel writer back then? Well, unless you go do some kind of course or you understand how to do it it's hard to to work out or the only thing i knew was i i had to you know shoot transparency slide slides because i liked that but i didn't I, and i had a few i had this little book i had some contacts and some magazines and that was it and so i never really followed through on that too much um probably because my to be honest my writing i think my photos were good enough to illustrate a magazine like they wouldn't they wouldn't go in national geographic but if i was writing an article they were good enough to support an article yeah. but certainly my writing probably wasn't good enough back then and i'm guess I'm telling you this because that was my goal back then. I wanted to be a travel photo journalist. I wanted to write stories and, and also be able to take the photos that illustrated those stories. And then when you get a job and you get a house and all that kind of stuff, you know, these kind of dream job kind of floats back in now and again, but there's, there's other things on the radar like kids or you move countries or whatever. But I think coming back to it now that we're actually, you know, that's that kind of thing would be my, my dream sort of job, you know, being a creative, doing the podcast, doing some YouTube videos, um, you know, writing articles for people, writing travel stories and, and being able to photograph those travel stories. I think that would be I, ideally my, my dream sort of role. And I guess, you know, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you, Lucy Lumen, but I, I am trying to transition <laughs> to that. But it, it is hard. It is hard to find time. You know, it's hard to find time to do these things. And but I do have a few goals related to that, you know, to start, you know, writing articles, um, you know, and pitching articles to to uh, magazines and and see how it go that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, I think I, I, yeah, I think we sort of both have the same dream in that, you know, being like content creators, because mm. that's such yeah. a growing like popular field now. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of demand, but like there's a lot of competition as well. And I think it's the time, the time is like the enemy, you know, with this, especially mm. if you have, 
like a family like like we do and Lux and I often talk about you know this and this and this and this would be great we have these great ideas and we sort of know like I feel confident that that the things that we we want to do will work and yep. could lead to that life but it's like how do we get the time to do it and sometimes yeah. I think I think you get to a point maybe um where like there's a level of like risk that you've got to take in maybe yep. you do take like six months off work or mm. you know what I mean? You save. So you've got like a, a sort of, you know, the security there. Um, and then you just go all in and put all your yep. time into it and see if, if, if you've, if you've got a really good strategy and a really good plan, if that, if it will work and that's your way of sort of testing. And I mm. think that like life is short and I think that is worth it sometimes if you are mm. really, really driven and you can like motivate yourself and yeah, like it's something we've definitely talked about, but, Again, that is really hard because at the same time we're like looking into maybe buying our first house, which mm. is obviously more important than, you know, like the other dream because that's going to give you stability mm. and, you know, and it's important for like Luca and, you know, so yeah. it's very hard to take both those things and make them like cohesive Absolutely. and work together. So back a lot to what to- I was saying at the start of these podcasts, you know, sometimes you do regularly need to review what you're doing in life and why you're doing it. So when I was posting on that Instagram account, Matt Loves, where I had 18,000 followers, after after a while, like I was getting like, I was in a, I was in an Australian competition with some other, like, I think there was uh, 10 other f- photographers all around Australia. Maybe there was a dozen other photographers. Some of these people had like 30, 40, 50,000 followers. And we were in this, we all got sent to different parts of Australia. We had to do this photography travel assignment. I got sent to Harvey Bay, it rained the whole time, but I still took some, I think took some great photos and I got good feedback about my portfolio. I didn't win the competition, but, um, you know, I, I, I did pretty well. And the people who are judging the competition, the photographers, Lauren Bath was one of them. Lauren Bath is like, you know, got hundreds of thousands of followers and she was one of the original really well-known travel Instagram influencers. Yeah. Okay. So I was doing all that. And then after that, you know, I kept posting photos, kept posting photos. And then after about a year, I'm like, why, why am I doing this anymore? Because I actually got to a stage where, you know, this isn't actually bringing me joy anymore. And so I reassessed what I was doing and I just stopped posting on there. And I get the point I'm trying to make in a long-winded way is if you really do want to be a writer or you do this or do that, you've got to look at what you're currently doing. You know, you've only got a finite amount of time in your life, you know, when you take into account family and everything else. So at the moment, I'm, I'm continuing to post on Instagram or I'm continuing to do a podcast or I'm continuing to do YouTube. Actually, you know, by continuing that activity, although people really enjoy it and love it, but it, it is me continuing that activity and putting time into that. Does that mean that that's time where I can't actually do this thing over here that I, I really want to do? So sometimes I think you do need to reassess and reevaluate where you are and what your goals are. And, you know, if you're putting, um, you know, all this time into posting on Instagram, and you're actually wondering what benefit it is in your life, or you know, I think it's it's a good time to you know regularly re- reevaluate where you are, what you're doing, and are you getting closer to your goals, or are you just spending more time doing the same thing for, for what reason? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a very important uh, point to make, and something that we try and assess because you can get caught up in like you know we started YouTube and we said okay we're going to do a video a week. So you just keep doing that because it's like, oh, that's what I do. I do a video a week. And then you're just like yeah, yeah. getting that video out and you're like, oh, got to, got to get content. And you're like kind of in that hamster wheel of con- yeah. content creation. Um, and recently I've been like, okay, well, let's kind of reassess that because we're just doing it because it's like become a like a habit almost. And we do enjoy it. But I think we're going to drop back a little bit 
and then put more effort into the videos that we do put out. You know what I mean? Like come at it from a different kind of angle. Looking at how your channel's grown, I think that was very clever of you to do that because you yeah. I don't think you'd be if you had only done a video a month, I don't think you'd be where you are now. No. So I think that, that hard slog and that hard work was was worth it. And now it's probably a good time for you to sit back and go, okay, well maybe we'll only do one a fortnight because I've, yeah. I've got the audience there now. They love what I do. I don't have to keep churning out content just to to feed YouTube. I you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a good point. That's pretty much what sort of what we discussed and um what I sort of said to Lux was that yeah, I think we put in the hard yards and you do have to do that. And it's really difficult. Yeah. Like I think consistency is key and a lot of people don't succeed. Because just because of that, and and I yeah. understand it's really really hard. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I could talk about like this for for ages because it's like you know it's my like life now, and yeah, I find it really exciting, but it's also hard to juggle, especially with kids, which is why I thought talking to you yeah. would be would be great. And I hope that people listening are getting something out of this, even if it's just resonating with it and being like, oh my god, someone else is in the same position as me and mm-hmm. fe- feels my pain because it's. <laughs> Yeah, it can be really hard. Um, all right, awesome. So I do have a listener question that is could possibly open not 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 open up a not a can of worms, but um, you know, it's a it's a big question. So uh, answer however much or little you would like to, Matt. Um, it's from Darren James. Um, he does email me quite regularly about the podcast with uh, lots of long thoughts about what I've talked about and I do try and get back to him, but I enjoy reading his, um, his, his uh, interpretation of what I've talked about with my guests. So he has asked, why are some parts of the photography community so negative? Yeah, I don't know. Um, or is that something that you, I mean, you don't have to agree with that. Maybe I speak to people and they say, oh, I don't experience any of that. And I think the photography community is really positive. And that's also a valid r- response. I, I think it's both. I, th- I think it is a double-edged sword. There are so many people who are so nice and kind and say wonderful things. I mean, to me personally, with a podcast, you know, sometimes I will get little messages, whether it's through Instagram or, you know, I've got a, a, a coffee thing, um, you know, Ko-Fi, what I call it, where people can, uh, you know, send me a coffee if they enjoy what I do. And, you know, I, I get lovely little messages on there, like love your podcast, really, you know, you're spreading the joy of photography. Or when I run a competition, like I'm currently running the Pantastic competition, which is for um, focus-free panorama cameras. And then later this year, I'm doing a, a X-Pro cross-processed a competition, which I'll probably start maybe April or May. And then later in the year when turquoise, Lomography Turquoise is run, I'm I'm doing a turquoise competition. Mm. And so you'll just get random little things in there. Like people will say, I'll ask people when they send in a photo for the competition, they upload it through the entry form. And they'll say, you know, I shot this camera in this way and I got these results. And they'll say at the end, you know, thanks so much, Matt, um, for running this competition. It really inspired me to pick up this camera. I never would have shot this without your competition so just little things yeah. like that like you're not even you're not trying to get you're trying to get people to enter the competition but people are just little tack little things like that in the end sometimes and you're like wow you know maybe because sometimes you feel like what's the point yeah you know, you're give up? speaking into the void or no one's yeah. really noticing yeah but then you know i had a message this morning um i think from someone we both um someone who follows us both and you i think you've spoken to this um person before and they were like i'm, I'm going through your whole back catalog of episodes and you're like oh wow like i've you know, what are you doing that for? Like <laughs> rubbish. But um, no, but it, it's funny. Like you do, 
as a creator, you do, you might get negativity now and then. I, I haven't experienced much negativity, I must admit, but I don't take myself too seriously. I will be the first person to put my hand up and say, I don't know something or I got it wrong. You know, it doesn't worry me about being right about photography or being too correct. But you do get these nice little messages from people um, saying all this stuff as a, occasionally as a creator. I think you get a lot more love than I do, Lisa Lehman, through your YouTube channel. <laughs> but then you go into other forums and I don't know. There's just people who who want to be negative. Like I was in this this thing the other day. People were talking. People were pouring. You know, there's a, there's a new Fujifilm price increase. So of course, everyone comes out of the woodwork. Let's let's bag Fujifilm. You know, and so someone put on this post. I, and I quite often I just keep scrolling. You know, but someone put nobody is buying Fuji anymore. Even their Instax is produced by Kodak. And I wrote. Um, Instax is made in Japan by Fujifilm. Yeah. They sell tens of millions of boxes of Instax every year. And then this person, not content with my reply, replied, pretty sure he's made by Kodak. You know, so I've just told them the facts of the situation. It's made yeah. in Japan. It even says in the box, made in yeah. Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty sure Instax is made by Kodak. I like, and I just left it. I, I think I posted an image of my Instax box, you know, with the the made in Japan, and I just let, I didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. People, I don't know. People are stupid. People are idiotic. Some people, times people get it wrong. They own up to it. People have different opinions on things. I, I don't know. People are just they're just humans, right? We 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 can be so incredibly kind and supportive to each other, and we can be so incredibly cruel and idiotic and stupid. And I think it's just symptomatic of of humans. <laughs> definitely you know, yeah uh, yep. that's a problem with these these forums the, the good thing about these forums is all the wonderful people and the bad things is all the nasty people and and sometimes you know people can be both you know in different ways and yeah I don't know what the answer is yeah I think yeah I, neither do I um and there's different types of negativity or also you know you got to think about like what's going on in someone's day and like yeah yeah it, the internet is a great place for people to like air like you know their grievances or or, or mm. get annoyed because maybe they couldn't get annoyed with their boss or whatever yeah. else it is so there's so many variables but I think uh, overall I think the like film photography community is really amazing and I have mm. had a lot of positivity like a few negative things but normally if I meet it not with aggression then it can yeah. sort of be resolved to an extent but I think it's important even if we have good experiences, mostly some people don't. And I've seen a lot mm. of other women, especially if they sort of have an opinion that they put online or whatever, uh, they will, it will invite all of that sort of negativity, which must be awful. Um, and just uh, recently, Alex Critchley, who's an amazing photographer in Canada, she posted like a, a film selfie in the mirror and it was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like outfit was really nice. Colors were really nice. Um, and she often does them. and you know, she, she's a, a, a mom as well. And her like mm -hmm. weather isn't great. So she's indoors a lot. And, you yeah. know, so like the self-portraiture thing is a great way to include photography in your day. And, mm -hmm. um, she was holding the, the SLR. She wasn't looking through the viewfinder. She'd obviously focused like beforehand or something. So she was holding it down a little bit. Uh, and mm -hmm. then it just got reposted and I think it got put on some kind of like Reddit or somewhere like that, you know, saying, this is not how you hold an SLR yeah, correctly yeah, yeah. and you're not even looking through it like just you know and it was uh, like all of it was 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 men and it's just yep. like oh my god like if that's what you're going to do with your time like you know so things like that like if that was me I would be really upset and that would have that would impact my view of the of the photography community if you're going to mm. then get like 
plastered over everything. People are calling you stupid and, you know, like, so yeah. it does exist and I think it's it's important to acknowledge it, but at the same time, not focus on all of that because largely it is, it is very positive and very yeah. supportive. And I think we had this conversation a while ago. Uh, I don't know what happened, but you know, I, I, I was really, I listened to all these podcasts and um, uh, audio books when I walk the dog, you know, cause I, I, I like to, yeah, you know, I take a camera with me. I put my earphones in and I, I listen to something and it, it was, well, I can't remember what book it was now, but basically what it said that was human beings attach way too much importance to negativity than positivity. So you might get 10 positive comments and you're thinking like, oh, this is great. And then you'll get one and you'll get all, you know, your fight or flight, you know, will yep. be triggered in your brain and yep. you, do you want to hide or delete the post or do you want to go back straight at them and have a go at them? And, and it's yep. true. Like, you know, you can have all these wonderful comments and that one negative comment will make you want to angry or oh, why they say that for what an idiot. And, you know, recently we, we did that video with the GA645 and I'd never used the GA645 before and neither had you. And so you said to me, hey, Matt, let's load the film. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So we we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We muddled through it and we had a bit of a joke about it. Yeah. And then some guy comes along and says, um, don't watch the videos, a couple of <laughs> village idiots. Um, and you're know, like, well, if you don't like us, if you, if you didn't like your video you didn't like me being in the video it didn't like the way we didn't know much about the ga64 yeah. like yeah that's, like that's okay just, just like, watch stop it. the video and go the next one just man like you haven't video. got a yeah yeah no we one's never holding said, you like, down you never said this is the definitive guide on how to operate and load the ga645 and everyone should watch this who wants to watch we never said that it was just yeah. like we're having fun yeah. with the camera mm. and you know that's part of the fun for me is all different cameras do quirky things mm. different ways of loading film different ways of shooting yeah and that's what that's what's fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't I think, have all the answers. No, I think people like that uh, who make those comments. That's what can lead to, like that is kind of a form of like gatekeeping because it's like absolutely, it's like absolutely. saying that's going to make people feel like, oh no, I look like such an idiot now because I didn't know what I was doing or I said the wrong thing. So I should like withdraw mm. myself from mm. any kind of like content or putting anything out there. And then that will hinder that person's like experience. It'll stop them from yeah. learning because they won't ask yep. questions. It's just really, it's just really shit to be honest. But yeah, yeah I try and I not mean, let that bother me and make that my, no, no. make that I'm like, that's almost like my, my like brand is that I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I'm like, pretty much like my podcast. Yeah, because I'm just like, well, you know, like, it's and I right? said lots of things wrong, but I'm kind of like yeah. at the point where I'm embracing it and hoping that other people will be like, oh yeah, like uh, I've maybe said that as well. Or yeah, like it'll just make and, other and people feel in, comfortable. To bring in, uh, you know, a current event that's happened, it, it, it would be easy to go down the Will Smith route, right? <laughs> Someone says something, the first thing you want to do is, you know, give them the hairdryer treatment, like fire yep. back a whole load of vitriol and hate back at them. But then you've, you've got to think, well, you know, like, is it worth it? What if people see me reply to that person in the way they've talked to me? Well, what, what, what will my subscribers or my followers think of me? You know, you've got to, you've yeah. got to, it's very, very hard sometimes, but you've got to rise above it. Yeah. And, you know, going back to people with hate, it, it, it just, if you go back with a bit of kindness and a bit like, well, you know, Hey man, don't worry. Like I said to that guy, I said, um, you know, I think I said something a little bit mean. I said, well, you know, who's the village idiot? You couldn't even, I think he spelled a word wrong, didn't he? Yeah, and he, I was like, he did. Oh, you know, yeah, who's yeah. the village idiot? You can't even spell, spell this. that word yeah, yeah. right. I can't yep. remember what I said. It wasn't as mean as that, but it was, um, yeah, was, yeah. It was yeah. something and like that. Like it's hard to not, you know, say something yeah. like I've definitely done it. Everybody's done it, but I try and yet yeah, not focus on it. And um, 
one sort of negative interaction I had with someone when I started the YouTube channel mm. ended up turning into them being like an avid viewer and actually yeah. sent me a really nice package with um, some lenses and like some wow. other, other cool, some expired film and some other cool stuff. And they often help me out with, uh, with my, with, if I'm printing stuff, they work in a studio. So I'll be like, oh, yeah. can I send you this? Can you tell me how big do you think I can print this? Uh, mm. And they're really supportive. And they, I mean, it wasn't, you know, they just made fun of me for saying something wrong in one of my yeah, earlier yeah. videos. And I was very upset funny, about though, it. I remember that. It's, it's, it's almost like when people make these comments, they think that only other viewers will see the comments and the creator won't come and mm. read them. It's, it, mm. it's odd, isn't it? That they, yeah. you know yep. what I mean? Like, they I find forget that, weird. that it's like a, a person and yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And the thing is this, I've decided when I do my YouTube channel, which hopefully will be, Let's have a look. Hopefully, let's say at the start of May. I want to put it out at the start of May. There you go, Lucy Lumen. Uh, I'll put a couple <laughs> of videos out at the start of May. I, I'm not going to go into Facebook groups and tell everyone about it. No yeah, way. Because yeah, I've yeah. already got an audience through my podcast who like what I do. Definitely. Yep. You know, it's it's for them really and, and other people on YouTube who might discover me. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't really want to put it in a Facebook or group and have someone come along and go, well, that's crap. You're an idiot. Yeah, yep. I don't need that. I'm not. I'm not making it for those those people. I want to make it for people who want to watch what I do, not for, not. I just don't want to promote it and get a few more views of it and people and then it be negative try and tear you down. Yeah, yep. that's right. And there are people who are just going to watch it for 20 seconds, make an assumption, and probably leave. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, definitely. I um, I think you can promote it on your podcast and on Instagram and yeah, for sure. And YouTube does a great job of putting your video in front of people. Uh, as as well, more so than other platforms, I think. Mm. So, yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, I think we tried. We tried to unpack that. I hope that was helpful to you, Darren. Um. But it's a huge topic, and yeah, you know, I, it's. I, I think the problem is people, and that, and, yeah. and whether it's in photography communities, whether it's at work, whether it's down your local park, this is human beings. You you get the most supportive, amazing people, and you, the people human beings also have the most incredible capacity to be cruel, nasty, mean, and petty. And it's, it, it's just, I think it's just a human being is. human is, is what the problem yep. is. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. There's not a whole lot we can do about that. Um, but there's some great people like, um, yeah, like you and a bunch of other really supportive people in the film photography community. Yay. So we'll focus on that. <laughs> um, so to lighten the mood, we're going to do a little um, speed round, lightning round, which I pretty yep. much stole off of you. So thank you because you I, did I it with me. I someone else. I don't know Okay, who, all so. right, okay. Um, and it's good because it's, yeah, it adds because sometimes when you're com- like having conversations with people like this, it can get very, you know, like deep, and yeah, which is great, yeah. but it's nice to have a little sort of light thing at the end. Yeah. Um, all right, so speed round. Um, Brisbane or Gold Coast? Uh, Brisbane. Brisbane. I, I love the Goldie, but oh, I don't know. What are we talking? Oh, man. You know I what know, I was thinking? I was, I'm going to be really quick. I'm going to say, I'm going to take yeah. quick answers. And no, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. I'll go, I'll, uh, I do love, I, I love both, but I'll go Brisbane. That's where okay. I live. Okay. All right. Um, Ektar or Portra? Which, which speed of Portra? And, and you can pick anyone you like. I'll go Portra 800 then. Okay. All right. Uh, Hills Hoist or Letterbox? <laughs> Hills Hoist. Hills Hoist. That was that was Lux's. He said that this morning. Oh, really? and I was like, oh, I was like, that's so good. Like he always comes up with the best ones. The Hills um, Hoists are washing lines. Yes. It's an Australian washing line invention for ever overseas listeners. Yes. Very, yep. very iconic Australian um thing how you find in a backyard for putting your wash hanging your washing out on. Definitely. Thank you for explaining that. I forget that people like won't know those things and you're always yeah. really good or you're good at converting like 
miles. Yeah. Well, that's and the thing. Like, like a all lot that of, stuff. I think just over 50% of my audience for my podcast are in the USA. So mm. I, I guess I'm always uh, cognizant of the fact that they might not know what how how far three kilometers is or or what a lamington is or what a hill yeah. is. So I always <laughs> like to do little explanations to try and, yep, you know, yep. I, don't, I don't want them to turn off. What the hell is this guy talking like, about? Oh, what are you talking? I don't know what like lamington is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely. It's a good, good idea. Um, Matthew Joseph or Matthew Evans? Like Matt, Matt oh, Evans. <laughs> uh, look, I'll go Matthew Joseph because I've met Matthew Joseph, but I, w- I would love, I've never been to New Zealand. I've been to over 40 countries. I've never been to New Zealand, our, one of our nearest neighbours. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I would love I. to go to New Zealand and go for a photo walk around Wellington with Matthew, Matt Evans. Yeah. So I'll choose Matthew Joseph because I know, I know him a bit better, but uh, yeah, I would love to meet Matt Evans one day as well. A very talented photographer. Nice yes. guy. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah. I would also like to meet, I'd like to meet both of them. Um, okay. Photo- you don't want to meet Matthew Joseph. <laughs> The Zoom chat was enough. Um, photo book or zine? Uh, it's funny because a lot of people have said that my 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 first zine that I put out every summer was more. Three people said to me, "It's not a zine; it's a photo book." So I don't know. Um, I guess I use the word zine. But I guess maybe I want to keep it. Lo- I, I feel like I want to keep it low key. Like if I say, "Oh, it's a photo book," I don't want people to think it's pretentious or it's a big deal. So I, I just call it a zine, and people go, "Oh, it's, it's a photo book." So I, I would I would use the word zine personally, even though it, it is not like a photocopied and stapled 70s mm. punk rock kind of zine. Yeah, I, I, I would use the word yeah, zine. yeah. Yeah, see, that's my interpretation of a zine is like, uh, yeah, that. And a lot of people don't know that. And that's yeah, how yeah. I got into zines. And I was yeah. really super into zines in that way. And I had never seen yep. a photo zine until like I moved to Melbourne. And then I saw this and then people were saying zine. And I was like, this is like full, Book. like, you know, because it's like really, really good quality. And everything I'd read had been like Xerox stapled together, very, yeah, yeah. very low effort, like, which Lo-fi. I love. I love that. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that's really cool. The, the thing is though, um, the thing is to me, like the word photo book, you know, all those like online printing companies, like, uh, you know, do a photo and it's like, you know, when you put a calendar, like Snapfish and all them, like yeah, you put yeah, a calendar yeah. together, yep. do you have a photo book of your family? I always think of something naff, like one of those Kmart or Blurb, yep. or not Blurb, but Kmart or Snapfish photo books. So yep. that's why I call mine a zine. I, I, I think it sounds better than the photo book, but it Definitely. probably is a photo book. Yeah, I know what you mean. And NAF is such a good word for that. Yeah, British word. Good yes, British I have word. the same NAF vision in my head and when, yeah, when, I yeah. think of, when I think of that too. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, you 2 or In Excess? Oh, I've seen both in concert multiple times. Oh, wow, yeah. In Excess were always... In Excess were one of the first bands I bought cassettes of. Um, it's pretty hard, actually. That's a really oh, – choose isn't really good. But I always hate when people talk over the decision – through the decision. I just want an instant answer, and now I'm oh, doing it's what okay. I hate. It's fine. <laughs> I had to get a U2 question in there because yeah. that's like Look, our I, I love U2, but I'll, I'll go – yeah, it is. I love U2. I, I'll go in Excess. I'll go in Excess because they were they were fantastic. And um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. I would probably choose them too, yeah. Um, all right. This is a hard one. Negative positives or classic camera revival? Uh, I've got negative pause. I, I've only listened to probably a dozen or so. Oh, no, classic camera revival. I'm thinking of classic lenses podcast. Okay, classic camera revival from Canada. I'm thinking yes. of our Canadian yeah, friends yeah. here. Right, yep. okay. Sorry. Okay. No, no, no. That's so, okay. I, that's embarrassing. I can't even remember who they are. Classic <laughs> camera revival, which of course is uh, Alex, Alex, James, Bill, Bill Jess. Yep. Who am I missing? John. I'm not sure. I think that's the whole cast. And yep. then you've got negative positive, who of course is uh, Mike, Roxana, 
um andre andre and uh there's other jones yes that's it yeah just jones uh look I love classic camera revival. I really do enjoy their episodes. I'm not saying that. I really do enjoy their episodes. They're a little less frequent though than Neg Poz. And Neg Poz always, uh, Mike always makes me laugh. And I think that's why his podcast is so popular. It's not just about the photography chat and, you know, talking to interviewing people and getting some good information out there. It's also about all the funny little jokes that uh, to Mike cracks. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. I, I go Neg Poz. Yeah, me too, for sure. I just haven't had time to listen to classic camera revival too much. And the I few episodes. You were about, yeah, sorry. No, 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 you're right. The few episodes I have listened to were, I'm not sure if it was just those ones, but they were, I mean, it's kind of in the name, but like they were more about like cameras, like yeah. specifically, which isn't, that sounds really silly because I'm into, so into photography, but I'm not into cameras yeah, yeah, yeah. in that way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like I'm yeah, more interested in the photos one... or I don't know. Yeah. 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 There was one recent episode where they were talking about great beginner cameras. And I actually thought, oh gosh, um, I want to write into the guys and, and talk about this. But then I, I never did. But I, I do really enjoy their, their their episodes, but they are a little less frequent. And I thought at first I thought you were talking about classic lens. For some reason I think I was thinking classic lenses, but I think classic lenses seems to be on a hiatus now. Okay. Um, I haven't heard of that podcast, but again. Lens. Very popular. It was very popular when it was on. Yeah, people mm. love lenses. Lenses literally yeah, yeah. like bore me to tears. Like I don't know if that's bad to say, but yeah. like yeah, like Lux is like, oh, this lens, and he changed this lens, and he takes like four lenses with him, and I'm just like, oh my god, because it's like a lens. You know, it's like I said to him the other day. This he said, you sound like such a bimbo. I said it's like having one shoe. Like, what am I going to do with a lens? Like, I need the body. And I was like, it would be like having one shoe. I need the pair. So, like, I'm not really interested in it unless it's attached to a camera yeah, and I can yeah, take yeah. a photo with it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, he was laughing isn't at it me. Like so. shoes, isn't it, wouldn't it be like shoes and a dress? Like, different yeah, shoes or like a, yeah. a dress better than other shoes? And Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, and then the film stock's like the accessory, you know? It's like the 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 little accessories you put on at the end because it's like what you decide you're gonna you know make the 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 photo look like so that's my interpretation um (laughs) um polaroid or instax polaroid that was the first one i could answer instantly instantly i thought you would instantly instantly oh um okay lomo purple or lomo turquoise I still, I'm in, I'm really excited for turquoise and I've bought some, I think 20, 20 or so rolls, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think you can go past purple. I think purple has got such an amazing look. I go purple. Yeah. I, I think I would as well. I haven't shot turquoise yet, but um, from what I've seen, yeah, I really like purple. Now, this um, morning I got up um, early and I was, I had a good night. I had a long sleep for me about eight or nine hours, but I was on um, Instagram this morning and you were messaging me with the Zoom link and I was, I was still really tired because uh, the dog had woke me up at 6.30, went back to bed. You know when you go back to bed, mm. but then you wake up later then and you're you really tired. Up, and then you feel, yeah, yeah, yep. So I was going through Instagram and there's a post from Brooklyn Film Camera about a new Polaroid film they they were developing with Polaroid. And it, looked, it looked like turquoise. I'm like, what? This is crazy. And it said only Brooklyn Film Camera is selling it and we're going to give a, 150 packs away for free. I thought well, that's unlike Brooklyn Film Camera because usually for Polaroid film they uh, you know charge quite a bit for Polaroid yeah, film. Yeah. Uh, it's all the expired kind of stuff when they sell. And then I realised, hang on, this looks like turquoise. And then I realised, okay, it's, it's April the second here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's April actually Fool. an April the Fool's <laughs> gag from from yesterday. See, I wasn't I wasn't expecting a gag on the second of April. Yeah, because you know? we're living in so, the future. So, so it kind of it kind of did fool me, but. 
but mm. I was, you know, it wasn't in the correct timelines for our yep. April Fools. So yep. you weren't the yeah. only one that got fooled. I had a message from Anthony yeah. Ritchie uh, oh, last, yeah. last night, and he was like, yeah. "Oh my god, watch this YouTube video. Kodachrome sixty four is coming back." And I was uh, like, "What?" Yeah. And then he put that then out. Very, I can't, I can't remember now. And then he said, uh, he sent me the link and everything, and then um, and a post as well. And then he said, yeah. "Oh, hang on, I think I've been." Like, you know, yeah, April Fool's. April Fool. That's the problem yes. with this. Um, it's great to be able to talk to so many people and see what all these companies are doing, but then the time the time uh, differences sometimes catch you out, right? Definitely. Yeah. Uh okay, all right. I've got two more TikTok or YouTube. I really like I really love TikTok. And the, the reason I was able to make a few TikToks is you can kind of the thing with TikTok is like there's a bit of a meme, right? So there's a soundtrack of music and then you do your take on it or something you love or something you hate or something that annoys you. And so you might do it about cameras. Someone else might do it about knitting or their boyfriend or so is it kind of a meme sort of feel to the whole thing? So yeah, it's easy okay. to take an idea and then do your version of it. So that one with the ADOX film I did on TikTok and then yep. I posted to Instagram, yep. that is on a, a meme where someone like, for example, I think the original was, a, I don't know if it was the original, but a guy was watching, rewatching X-Men, the cartoon and yep. he said, rewatching, rewatching the X-Men cartoon as an adult. And that's one of the female superheroes. He's kind of, you know, lusting after this cartoon oh, woman superhero. Okay. And he's like, and yeah, so that's, like that's what that's all about. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So then I thought, how can I do something that I drool over? And I yep. thought, ah, oh, when this ADOX arrives, yeah. I'm just going to grab it and, yep. and, and <laughs> motorboat it and whatever. So, um, <laughs> so that's the good thing about TikTok is it's kind of in a way easy to create those short videos because quite often all you do, sometimes you're doing something brand new and talking about a new camera you've got, but sometimes you can sort of riff off other memes and put yep. your own take on it. And, okay. um, and it is very addictive. So the mm. thing about YouTube I find is I, I, I can't listen to, well, I can't watch YouTube when I'm walking a dog. It's too much of a hazard for me to look yep. down at a screen when yep, I'm walking. Yep. Um, and it's not very good for my eyes either. And I, I struggle to find time to watch YouTube, but I, I do try and want to carve out time in my schedule to watch more. Mm, I think yeah. I'm a couple of videos behind on yours, actually. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, it's it's so hard. It's really hard. Um, we normally do it, yeah, in the evenings. We'll catch up on like all the channels and stuff, but um, it is it is hard and it's it's a lot harder to... You know, like with a podcast, you can just yeah. you can do something else while you're that's listening exactly to right. it. Yeah, exactly and right. yeah. some YouTube videos you can like if Hashem does a an in conversation on YouTube, which is yeah, pretty much like that. a podcast. I can just you know chuck my headphones on yeah. and walk around. But yeah, it's it's a lot. You got to um, make time for YouTube. And I haven't really, I've never been on TikTok, uh, and I didn't know that that was sort of the basis of like the whole meet like. Like the that that was a yeah. thing of like the meme thing, and and then you do that because now I you're think it started off. Yeah, like a, a lot of the a lot of the basis of it went back to an app called Musically, which was the forerunner of TikTok. But a lot of the thing was someone to do a dance challenge, and then someone else do the same same music, same dance challenge. Yeah. Well, then, but then it's you know there's a lot of memes on there, so someone will you know um, you see that you do see the same thing over and over again. Like it might be a group of people dancing to "Sexy Back" or you know they do the same dance. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So you see how different people do it, and then there'll be a some of the video on there is very, very creative. Like the, there was one recently, sorry to derail your podcast here, but no, 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 there was one fine. about, I don't know who come up with it, but it was like, so he, so he says he wants to see other people. Right. And so this girl's like, he says he wants to, and she does this kind of action. And every time she swings her arm, she changes her outfit, you know, and yeah. there's guys doing it as well. Not just girls, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, it's incredibly creative. And then this one girl, like she's in like an e-girl, you know, she has all these cosplay outfits, but the last, 
she does all these kind of outfits which are very you know she looks very nice obviously and but then the last outfit she did with this video was shrek you know she was actually shrek so it's yeah, it's yeah, kind of like yeah. the last thing you see is you start Isn't laughing because yeah, like, yeah 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 there's all these yeah. kind of sexy kind of outfits and then shrek at the end shrek you know? at the end yeah so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is it, is it sounds very, really fun um, like a lot more yeah kind of, yeah but yeah there's, there's film photography people on there there's you know there's historical channels that'll tell you about the street in london in the 1840s or there's yeah psychologists on there this is why this happens so it's not just about dancing it's not just about people doing dances in in you know skimpy clothing it's it's is a whole lot of information and yep. stuff out there totally you know, and comedy think, stuff yeah yeah so yep. it's it is addictive yeah yeah there's i think there's like a preconceived idea about like what it's like the same way people when they think of youtube or if you say you're I'm a YouTuber. They have yeah, yeah. an idea of what you're like. Same way influencer, like influencers, yeah. like you just said, can be like a doctor or a psychologist who maybe mm, has exactly. a social media presence and they Everyone's came up got their with, own niche, right? Everyone's, yeah. So it, it can yeah. be anything. And I think it's something we need to get used to and probably will change organically. It's like when I yeah. was a teenager, like only certain people had like, like tattoos and sort of piercings, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was a very, and people were like, I remember my dad was like, you'll never be able to get a job. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah. I don't want a job or whatever. And now it's yeah, like, yeah. you see people everywhere and it's not a thing. I don't want a job. So, I'm going to be a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but it's so, funny, like, sorry. No, no, you go, you go. I was going to say like when people, there are misconceptions. So when you, years ago, with Instagram, it was, oh, all you're doing is posting photos of your lunch. That's all people do on Instagram. They're going to put photos of their breakfast. Here's my coffee. And yep. certainly that is true to an extent. People were doing that. However, to say that all of Instagram was about that is wrong. So it, it's, a, I guess it's the same about TikTok. People think it's just, you know, you know, tweens doing silly dances. And if you want that content, that content's there, but it's a whole lot of other stuff. Uh, you know, it, you know, so it, it is a really interesting platform, and mm. um, I'm, I'm, it's it's weird because you you then as a creator, back to being a creator, you're trying to think. And I know I've had this conversation with you before. Well, what content do I write for f stoppers? What content do I put on my podcast? What content do I put on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram? Because I can't put the same stuff blanket on all po- platforms. It doesn't. It won't work. So how yeah. do I divide that up? And I actually had for about a month. I was thinking about this. How am I going to do all this? What content do I put here? What content do I put there? And you've got to think of a way to to make it all complementary without just copying it over, you know, to the same platforms. Yeah, tweaking it slightly to make it like more suitable for one sort of platform yeah. over another. Yeah, definitely. That's a job in itself. And like, yeah, Absolutely. I remember you showed me like a sort of content like funnel thing that you had, and I was like, oh, that's really yeah. good. Like, there's a whole other side to this as well of like being a good planner, being mm-hmm. able to market yourself, and like, yeah. you know it does end up running like a little bit of a business, even though you're not yeah. really making any money because <laughs> you yeah. like have to be planned and organized. And yeah. So yeah. there's so many skill sets that, that mm. we're covering, you know, and people who other people who are content creators are, are covering and mastering and learning all at yeah. the same time. So yeah, it's, a, it's very interesting and enjoyable and it's really keeping my like brain mm. like going, but it is a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question. Lux or Lucy? Oh, gosh, come on. <laughs> and I always do my evil laugh after I ask people this because, look, yeah. I'll, I'll I mean, go it's for a Lucy, joke. Only because we, uh, yes. we, we probably share slightly more, I think there's a bit more similarities perhaps with our photography. Uh, yep. Lux is a very talented photographer and uh, a good guy. Um, but I'll, I'll go for Lucy on this one. Uh, yeah. Just because I, I team up with you a little bit more. Yep, we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lux isn't. Very. Someone messaged me the other day saying they were talking to him on Instagram, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I hope he was." 
not nice because he's not he's always nice, but he's a lot he's short he's he not not be short, but he's yeah, he's not as talkative as I am. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. he's not gonna be on YouTube or having a podcast anytime soon. He's very behind the scenes. And yeah, that yeah. works for me. I'm happy. I don't want him to to, to steal your sunshine. To, yeah, no, no way. So that's yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you. Um, I've had such a good time chatting with you, Matt, and uh, especially talking about the family side of things. It's something that's really important to me. And I do get a lot of messages from um, parents who are also photographers and trying to balance everything. And I think that's where the film community can really come in handy as well, because maybe if you don't have someone in your like family, like directly or in your life, like physically that you can see like the communities there online mm. for you to like connect with and um, yeah. ask for help or just inspire or just chat to. And yeah, I, I, I love that about it. And it's really, really been really useful and like nourishing for me and yeah, meeting you and just so many other people. So I'm just eternally grateful for, for the film community. Same. It, it, it's funny. Like when I started, uh, I knew I wanted to, I used to write all the time and then I thought, no, I want to do something different. I want to learn new skills. I'll put out a podcast. It took me a year to do it. And then as soon as I started doing it, you know, I didn't know anyone. I knew people in the photography, digital photography community, but as soon as, I didn't know anyone in the film photography community. And all of a sudden, you know, you got Mike on negative positives mentioning me. I wrote into Graham a few times at Sunday 16. I had Matthew Joseph contact me. I had Alan at the Film Sweats in Sydney contact me. I met you through Instagram. And so it's funny, like sometimes when you set something in motion, you know, you think I, I just want to, you know, I, don't, I want to do something creative. I want to do a podcast and talk about photography, but you don't actually realize that that there are other positive things that people will get in touch with you and tell you that they, you know, you enjoy that and you'll, you'll end up meeting up with them and, and shooting with them. And, and that is the best thing about the podcast. It's not how many people download it or, or, you know, people, I don't know. It, it's not, it's none of that. How many likes you get on Instagram. It's, it's the real connection that you find with other people who share your passion. And, and certainly when you were talking earlier about, you know, where you want to take things in terms of your own career. I think, you know, you, you've done such an amazing job over the last year. You've, you've built up your YouTube channel from nothing to have well, almost 4,000 subscribers, which is an extraordinary achievement, I think, in a year. Thank and, you. And, uh, you know, with your writing with Cosmo Photo, I think, I think you, I mean, if I could give you any advice, you haven't asked for any, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you some. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting experience and you know keep developing your skills because that's you're on the definitely on the right path and eventually you'll figure it out you know you keep writing you keep doing podcasts keep doing videos eventually everything will just click into place and you'll be where you want to be oh thank you matt oh thank you that's so nice and um yeah that that gives me a lot of motivation and it's nice to hear from somebody that they've noticed what you've accomplished and that they're like, you're on the right path, just keep going. Cause yeah, it can yeah. feel like you're in that hamster wheel or you're not really getting anywhere or no one's like, yeah, noticing. Yeah. It's like or- it's like kids. You don't you don't notice your kids are getting older. And then the other day I was looking back through, I've got a, a folder of images on my computer that are lab scans, film photography lab, you know, film lab scans. And you look back two years and you're like, whoa, like my, mm. my son had no front teeth then and yeah, yeah. his hair was all <laughs> floppy. And so it's a bit like that with your own channels. Like you don't realize hang on a year ago, I only had a thousand mm. subscribers or mm-hmm. a year ago, I was only getting 300 downloads in my podcast. Now I'm getting six, 700. So it's those incremental things that quite often in everyday life, you don't, you don't celebrate or you don't notice, but you know, yep. you should, you've, you've come a long way and um, you've got a long way to go. I, I know I have, but it's, it's the journey, isn't it? Of getting there. Definitely. Yeah. And it's important to stop and celebrate those like wins as well. And Absolutely. like, even if they are small, like we always do that, like, 
we went out for dinner when we got like a thousand subscribers mm. and, you know, just because yeah. it's like, it's important to, yeah, celebrate those for sure. So, well, yeah. I look forward to you taking me out for dinner. You and Lux taking me out for dinner <laughs> when we get a, when we get a thousand downloads of this podcast. Uh, um, but yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, um, where can people find you, Matt? Obviously people you've got the podcast. Can, yeah. Uh, people can find me um, at Matt Loves Cameras. Go to your podcast app and put in, write in Matt Loves Cameras. We can just go to Google and put in Matt Loves Cameras. You should find my website, mattlovescameras.com, my Instagram, Matt Loves Cameras, TikTok, Matt Loves Cameras. And if you put Matt Loves Cameras, F-Stoppers, I also write for F-Stoppers. And I also, I haven't written for them for a while, but I've also written a series of articles for Digital Photography School. So yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, mm. You should be so proud. That's so many things to do. And you were definitely an inspiration to me when, yeah, like I said, with the podcast, because I thought, you know, can do that. And then, you know, you were writing. I did ask you about F-stoppers and then um, Stephen from Cosmo Photo came to me. And yeah, I love that you're doing all these different things and, you know, you and you have a family as well and you're always there to help. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see you at the upcoming camera fair as well. That's yeah, going to be really fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for Fantastic. coming on the podcast, Matt. And yeah, definitely go check uh, Matt out and all the wonderful things that he does for sure. Thanks, Lucy. All right. Thank you, Matt. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. I could literally chat to Matt forever. I'm pretty sure I said that about all of the guests though. Uh, I love teaming up with Matt and he has been such a help to me since I stepped into the world of content creation. Um, if you love Matt and you love Matt Loves Cameras, you can buy him a coffee over at Ko-Fi. I will leave the link in the show notes and you can also check out his website for news on his latest competitions. I believe Pantastic is still on. You can read his blog posts and also grab one of his awesome zines as well. And don't forget, if you love this podcast, you can get it two days early by joining my Patreon. The link is in the show notes below. You also get um, exclusive posts weekly, 10% off all prints and future zines that I will hopefully be producing soon and a bunch of other cool stuff. And it's a great way to support the YouTube channel and also the podcast. And yeah, I'll be popping the episodes on there two days early. So check that one out. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you do have time to leave a review, I would so much appreciate that. It helps the podcast to get found. Or if you don't have time, just hit those uh, stars and leave me a, a rating because that also helps as well. All right. I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Bye.